Blog Talk Radio. hour here on blog talk our favorite place to hang out on a saturday at five o'clock p.m yes yes honey and you can join us everybody by calling in live and talking with us and our guests at 347-215-8305 or by joining our chat room throughout the show that is right love and today we are discussing fear and how it can oh my god i am so scared how it can sometimes affect our lives That's right. When we feel the emotion of fear, be it fear of being alone, being robbed, being taken advantage of, doing something unfamiliar, not measuring up, and you know what? The list goes on and on. We tend to let that fear, speaking of everyone in general, you guys, we tend to sometimes become the victim of fear itself. You know, honey, you are totally right, and it's kind of funny because everything that is making us feel fearful and and uncomfortable suddenly becomes secondary to the emotion of fear itself. That's right, baby, and overcoming this is not an easy task. So, for instance, what are some of the ways that a person can control the fear that they feel in their lives? Um, I would say, well, you know, personally, I feel like um, they can begin to overcome their fears by doing these five things to start, okay? I think that confronting the fear is, is very important, and when I say confronting the fear, is that's facing up to the fact that there, you are afraid of something. You know, a lot of us, you know, this society is ego-driven, so we don't want to admit our fears, but I say confront it first and foremost. What would you say, honey? Uh, I would have to agree. So like in this, for instance, when you say confronting the fear, say I have a fear of dogs. How, how do I go about, do I just walk up to the biggest, baddest <laughs> dog and I say, look, or what What do I do? What do you suggest? for? I'm, I'm scared of dogs. Please, go, Lord, help me. What do I do? I would definitely not say go up to the dog and and do that. I would definitely have to say if you have a friend that has a dog or if you have a relative that has a dog and maybe it's a ferocious dog and it's known to be kind of mean and not really want people interaction, talk to that person about maybe slowly, you know, weaving you into the mix with the dog. Like maybe you go around the dog once or twice and you don't touch him, but, you you know, you speak to the dog. You say hello to the dog, and the dog will eventually start getting used to seeing you, and that's a good way to dealing with the fear of being afraid of dogs because slowly you will build that trust. I think dogs um, attack or they if they're in fear of the person or don't feel comfortable for whatever reason, they may bark and act aggressively, but once they get comfortable with you, they'll relax too, and that's a good way to overcome being afraid of a dog. I would have to agree with you. I'd say another way is maybe if you know somebody who has a puppy or if you want to go to the Humane Society because puppies aren't as aggressive sometimes as your bigger oh, dogs. Yeah. Sometimes they are, but they're little nippers. They don't really do too much, but it can get you into you know kind of dealing with that. And that's just one fear, fear of dogs. Obviously, there are many, many more, but if you confront them, like my wife said, number one, that is the biggest and the best way to start overcoming them. Number two, baby, what do you Most think? definitely, and um, we'll move right along. And that's accepting that we are human and not perfect. You must accept that 
you know, or we must accept that we're human and we have feelings, we have ups, downs, we're not perfect. Fear is that's just another one of the natural human emotions that we feel. So once you accept that, it's it's easier. You know, they say like um, people that have uh, dependency, substance abuse of dependencies, once they confront it and then they accept it, they're able to move on. So I would definitely have to say acceptance is very important. Wouldn't you say, babe? Yeah, I would say that's like one of the biggest ways to, I would say, address it is the fact that first and foremost that you understand that you do have a problem. So let's say if you're afraid of heights and all of a sudden you're going up into a high-rise building and all of a sudden your hands are getting sweaty, you got sweaty palms, you're nervous, you don't want to go close to the edge, but once you understand that this is something that I have an issue with, now you can move forward in trying to address the fact and overcome it because overcoming it is the way to move past it. Oh, that's beautiful. And then I would have to move into the next one, and that is work through it as soon as the feelings of fear surface. And working through it is like my husband said, deal with it. That's telling yourself, okay, I know I have an issue with this, but I have to do this. And just start figuring out different ways that's comfortable for you. Because we could sit here, we could read from a book, we can talk from our own experience, we can give you our suggestions, advice, and um, but it, it isn't going to help unless you work through it yourself in your own comfortable way. Um, for instance, like driving on the freeway for me when I first learned how to drive was something that I was pretty fearful of. I just didn't know. Cars was moving quick. When you take driver's ed, they show you how to do it, but they're not in the car with you now. And now you're in the car and maybe you got a carload of friends and you're getting ready to approach this freeway and you don't tell them that you're shaking in your boots because <laughs> you don't know what you're going to do. And you know that, hey, everyone's dependent on you to get them back to wherever you're going safely. So... You know, how I dealt with it is I would just turn the music on, a jazz station, kind of soft, and I would just tell myself there is a slow lane. You don't have to get in the fast lane, and you don't have to get in the center lanes. So I would ask my friends, okay, you guys, you know I'm not used to driving on the freeway, so I just ask that all of you guys keep your conversation to a minimum so that we don't have any issues. And they would laugh a little, but then they would be in fear too. So they'd all be looking at me, so I didn't have to worry about them yakking while we got on the freeway until after a couple of months when I got comfortable. Then we could all pretty much listen to music and laugh and talk and eat our food and talk on cell phones and all that. <laughs> oh, no, that's why nobody wants to ride with you. No, you got to pay attention out there on the road. That is No, that is a good one, though, baby. I, I would have to say working through it is, is something that you definitely, definitely have to do. What? Now, give me, give me something here. Like, nowadays there's a big fear of, like, sending your kids off to school. How, how do you face that one as soon as it surfaces? I would say the fear of sending your kids off to school is go with them people. I would go with my kids. If they went to a public school or a private school or whatever, I would go with them the first couple of days. They have different type of programs for parents when you're afraid or your child is afraid of being alone or being left at school where you can come and sit in the back of the class as long as you're quiet and don't, you know, get involved and let the teacher do their job and they'll let you, and that's a way to work through it again is because they're letting you come until you're comfortable. I have um, some younger sisters, me and my husband does, and they actually end up volunteering at the school. So, And they love it. They love to volunteer, but they also get to be there with their kids when they're afraid to have their children at a school by themselves. So that's another good way to do that. And then moving on to number four, we would say trust in yourself. And when we say that, we mean to believe in you and that you are there to protect you and that you will offer a, that will offer a feeling of comfort in itself, you guys. That means if you tell yourself, I'm my best protection, I know that I can do this, and I know that I'm not going to allow myself to make a bad decision, or if something does happen, I trust in me to be able to work it out, then that's a good way, too, to start depend, you know, getting these fears worked out. 
I would definitely agree with you, babe. Trusting yourself is, is definitely a big one because most of the time when fear comes, you're all of a sudden in a position where you personally feel uncomfortable. So, therefore, you're probably not trusting yourself that I can handle the situation, the situation is going to be okay. Sometimes the situations aren't that way, and you have to kind of figure it out. But when you start trusting yourself and understanding that whatever situation that you're in, God is going to see fit that you'll be okay all of a sudden you're going to be able to deal with these problems, or I I won't even call them problems. I would say these fear issues, and you'll Mm -hmm. be able to overcome them each individually as they arise because, like my wife said, we're all human beings, and it happens to each and every one of us. That's right, and then we must repeat, and this is number five, you guys. Remember we said we had five suggestions. Number five is you must repeat steps one through four every time, and as soon you will start reprogramming yourself, reprogramming yourself to getting being able to deal with the with the feelings of fear so to be on a more solid foundation and having a stronger mindset of dealing with the fear and better able to control it you have to repeat one through four every single time you know babe and when you say that it's very big because there's a key word that you used in there is reprogram and a lot of fear is just that it's it's a program in your head that you have, and all of a sudden, every time this certain thing happens or you see this certain thing or you're walking and there's a dog, you have this inside of you, and you have to figure out how to reprogram yourself so when that key catchphrase or that word or that sight comes, that all of a sudden you're able to work through these. So those four steps plus number five to redo them again every time you face them, and that's confronting them, mm-hmm. accepting it, working through it, and trusting yourself. If you can accomplish those four things, I think that you'll be able to work it out. Now, babe, I wanted to to talk a little bit about a couple of instances and examples of fear that, that we've personally overcame over the years. What do you think about that? Oh, definitely. Share some, babe. Okay, well, first and foremost, I'm going to go with the movie Friday the 13th. And being a youngster, just watching it as I grew up, I, I, the first thing that I had to understand is this is just a movie. And being young, you don't understand, and that's when Hollywood was in the high swing, and Friday the 13th scared the living bejesus out of me, and I didn't know what to do. But I'll tell you, that is kind of something also that you grow out of, because as you get older, you understand that these are just movies and you don't need to be scared. The next one I would say was my first day of school, and that is pretty much the fear of the unknown. You're going to school, you have no idea what's going to take place, you're going to meet new people, you're going to see new people, and it, it is it's something that is a scary feeling, and you, you just have to get over it. But the funny thing about that is that after school, you're ready to go back the next day, and you're addicted because you faced your fears, you met the people you wanted to meet, you met the teacher, you got your homework, and, hey, you're off, you're to the races. And then I'd have to say, babe, the third one was sleeping in my own room. And this goes with number one because I was watching scary movies. I loved watching them, but they scared me so bad that I couldn't sleep in my own room. I had to sleep on the floor with my brother. So, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I overcame all those, I'll say that. Oh my God! Now see, those are fears right there. That that I, I don't know. I still I'm still working on Friday the Thirteenth. So <laughs> in saying that, I'll move on to a couple of fears that I've been able to overcome over the years. And 
The first one is not fitting in. When I was growing up, everybody, I was more like a tomboy of sorts. So growing up, I felt like I wouldn't fit in. When there was girl stuff to do, I could do gymnastics, I could dance, I joined a little dance troops and that kind of thing at school. But I always would be in fear that I wouldn't fit in with the girls and their thing because I could also play sports and stuff and with the boys because I had three brothers and I always followed this one particular brother who was the youngest of the three. His name was is Gerald, and I'd always follow him around and try to compete with him. So it's funny now that I look back because I was scared all the time of not fitting in. And then number two, it would be fear of school, you know, the bully at school is this girl that was really, really bigger than everyone else, and she was real popular, but she could really, really fight. And she would always say, I'm going to beat you up at the end of the school year. On the last day of school, I'm going to beat you up. And I didn't tell. I went to school with all my sisters and brothers, but I didn't tell them that's what she was saying because in front of them, see, I was being all tough. You know, oh, I'm a t-, you know, I felt like I can fight anybody. And if, if we have to fight, which I don't condone fighting everybody, so if your kids are listening, I do not condone that. But growing up, you know, you have to kind of carve out your little niche. And I would tell her, why do you want to fight? Why can't we just be friends? And she would knock my lunch out my hand and stuff. And then one day, the way I overcame that is when she went to knock my lunch out my hand, I actually knocked hers out of her hand first. And she was so shocked because no one had ever stood up to her like that, that she stood there silent for a few minutes. And I didn't know if I was going to get punched and have to run and get my sisters and brothers and finally tell them or not. But she ended up making friends with me and telling me that she was very proud that I stood up to her and that she always wanted to be my friend. And we ended up talking about it. And I found that she was in fear of some of the same things I was. So that was one way I got over that. And then, and that was in the third grade, mind you guys. And then (laughs) the third one is going to, I would go to parties with my friends, little, you know, barbecues and little friend parties and stuff, and I, I didn't have rhythm to dance. So I'd always be scared that someone was going to say, it's Jackie's turn. She has to get out there and dance now. So I'd always be nervous to go to that, so I wouldn't want to go because it just it wasn't fun. Everyone else could get out there and dance, and I couldn't. So, you know, it's fun talking about the different things, and it's funny when you look back of the things we're afraid of, and now that, you know, we're grown up, you see how trivial they really are. But, you know, fear does not have to control you, you guys. You are in your own master of self. You are your own master of self. And believing in that, and knowing that it is okay to not be perfect and following those steps that we talked about, you can start overcoming your fears. Right, baby? No question about it. And and one good thing about facing your fears is that you grow as a person mm-hmm. because fear is ultimately just a limit. It's something that's in the way. And once you overcome that limit, moving forward is not a problem any longer. So some people laugh when they're scared. Some people run. But understand that it is natural and it's not a big deal. You just have to personally, because everybody's different, you have to personally figure out how to overcome those fears that you're facing. That's right. And and once you do it, then you're moving on into segment two. And this is a fear that I have is that when we move into number two, we got some things to talk to you guys about, and we're going to go backwards on it. We're going to start with 50 Cent and the fact that his baby's mom, or his child's mother, rather, um, in more professional etiquette, had their house burned down, and they just found out that it was arson. So our prayers go out to them, and I sincerely hope that everyone's okay and that the situation gets fixed and that he's okay because I hear he's taking a lot of heat in the press. So we just wanted to share that's one of our hot topics. And, honey, what else we got? That That is crazy, but I definitely think it's lucky to be alive because the material possessions that's don't right. mean anything. But uh, another one, babe, in the hot topic is ridership boosts. They, they are straining the transit agencies mm-hmm. because as more commuters turn to trains and buses to cope with soaring gas prices, mass transit agencies are struggling to meet the increased demand. So we got packed buses, 
packed mm-hmm. trams. We got it packed <laughs> everything, and cars are sitting at home with no gas in them. And that's going to be something that, that that comes big, I think, in the years to come. Is that they're really going to have to transit is going to have to grow a lot to be able to to take the demand that is going to be put on them. Well, I'm sincerely hoping, honey, that this is just a temporary thing. They said that the gas prices would go back to normal, and I'm still waiting. Or do you think this is a permanent? effect we're going to have is this gas is going to be this expensive going forward well one thing that i've never seen and i think both of us from you remember back in the day when the the gas line would be down the block and Mm -hmm. all that stuff one thing that we've never seen is we've never really seen gas prices drop so they go up then they stay up and then they stay at a certain level and then (laughs) they go up again i've never seen them come down so the the fact that we're at four dollars a gallon i think that we'll be staying at $4, and maybe what happens is we lock in and we just stay there for some years. But I don't see us going back down to $3, $3.10, none of that, because I don't see that one happening. Well, you know, I have one more thing to add to this, and that is when it takes you $120 to fill your gas tank, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem, okay? And then we'll move right along to something that's very huge, you guys. We wanted to share this with you right here today. Our artists, um, as you know, we have Jean Raphael Records, and we have an artist that, or a group that is called Small Change. And you will be hearing some of their music, a couple of samples today, um, sometime during the show. Our daughter is also featured on their new hit single called Don't Be Shy. And the video has been shot in L.A., and it is now going to be debuting and showing on 106 in Park. <laughs> 106 in Park. <laughs> and we are very excited. Um, they love the video, and it's going to be on there, so be stay in tune for that. And check it out, 106 in Park, and request Don't Be Shy, um, featuring Shani and Little J.J., And um, I know that our friend Betty, who's down in Washington, D.C., I don't know if she's joining us today. Oh, I think she is. She will be very excited to hear that. I got lots of treats for you, Betty, so we're going to have to talk. So call me so we can chat it up. But anyway, so we got that going on. Make sure you you vote at 106 in Park, everybody. Call, 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 call. Request the video titled Don't Be Shy. Start today. And then secondly, we have another video from another one of our artists. His name is Bobby Tinsley. You heard him last week. He's also on Shani's song, Young Love. And if you go to her website at myspace.com forward slash myshani and click in her song titles, you can click on Young Love. And it's her featuring Bobby Tinsley where they're doing a duet. So go on there and check him out. And you can also go to his website. I'm going to give them all the titles of all their websites right now so you guys can check all our artists out. And then the biggest, biggest news, though, is our daughter, Shani, her album has dropped. It dropped on June 1st, and it's doing fantastic. It's available digitally right now, and it will be physically in stores and available after June 15th, 2008. We are extremely excited about that, so you can go and check her out at her MySpace as well. And I'll start with Jean Raphael Records is our label, and um, I wanted to announce that to you guys. If you want to get more information, go to JeanRaphaelRecords.com. That's J E A N R A H. FYARecords.com, and you can see all the artists and what they're doing, and check out, check out their music, and go to the store, and all of that stuff. If you want to go directly to Shani, you can go to myspace.com forward slash myshani, M Y C H A N I. If you want to go to Bobby Tinsley, you go to myspace.com forward slash Bobby, B O B B Y, honey, Tinsley. T-I-N-S-L-E-Y. Okay. Because I said it wrong. So Bobby Tinsley's there. And if you want to go to see Small Change, our other group, you go to 
myspace.com forward slash ATL small change. And you can check them all out. We're going to be doing some big things in D.C. coming up pretty soon, hopefully over this summer. Got to solidify everything with my girl Betty, and um, then there will be some events happening. I'll make sure to keep you guys informed at all our shows here. But you can always go to our website and get information, too, and that's at JackieChristie.com, or you can go to DougChristie.com. We have separate ones, but they all link up together because we're one. But, um, you know, Doug's is for his sports, and then mine was for fashion, and um, you can get lots and lots of information there. And so we just wanted to tell you guys that that's our third hot topic for today. Then we'll move on into number two. That and, hot topic is? And, you know, this is a very <laughs> hot topic, everybody out there. We've got to give love to Mr. Well, I'm going to say it ahead of time, President Obama. Well, we don't want to jump a gun. I'm not going to jump, jump a gun. Okay, I'll back it up. But Obama Clinton's Democratic nomination and uh, he's looking good. I think we might have Hillary Clinton as a vice president. What do you think about that, babe? Yeah, today they said she rescinded her position, so she gave up her run, and she supports Obama 100%. So we're waiting to hear, and I believe, if we're not late on the news, that she is going to accept if he offers her the vice presidency uh, nomination. We're all talking about nominations, you guys, so we want to make sure that we don't <laughs> we don't jump the gun. And they say, well, Jackie and Doug sit on their shoulder. He's the president. No. But we, we, we wish whoever is the best president to represent the United States, we wish them the win in November. We shall see. Yes, and then we'll move into number two. And number two's hot topic is, and as you guys know, this will be five total, an author drops $10,000 from an airplane, you guys, down over a, a village where all there was a lot of low-income people, and he dropped it. It was to promote his book, but it was also to help them. And I thought that was very, very fascinating. What do you think, honey? Ten grand and a book. <laughs> Did he drop any books? Did he drop any flyers? That is, that's an interesting way to definitely <laughs> pub and pump your book, no doubt. Ten k out of a plane, buy the book. Take the money, matter of fact. Yeah, and buy the right. book. Yeah, that is, that's right. And oh, no the question. Book they said it was about that village. Isn't that cool? Oh, no, that is really hot. What Do, do we know what country that was in? Well, by I think, um, that mad um, scramble I think it for was, um, cash. Oh, I see. I don't know, but I'm going to find that, out. Cause... That is a pretty awesome thing, actually. I think we might have to take that. I won't be flying any. Because you know what? <laughs> to drop cash out of a plane means that you have to open the door to the plane. Oh. And that is not <laughs> a good look for the Christies, I'm trying to tell you. Basketball is my oh, there we go. There we go. And we are back once again, everybody. This is Sports on Blog Talk Radio, and we have the one, the only, Wizzle with us. Wizzle, yeah. how are you doing this Friday evening? Hey, hey, everything is good. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. We, we want to know about that, that L.A. Boston Finals, Wizzle. I mean, let's, uh, let's just jump right into it. Recap a little bit for us, Game 1. I'm sure all of our listeners know that the Boston Celtics defeated the Los Angeles Lakers, but what's your take on Game 1? Well, uh, obviously, uh, the first game is was a lot like a heavyweight punching fight, a heavyweight boxing match, in that uh, you have a couple of opponents filling each other out. Um, and um, I think that it's going to continue to be in such that in, in such a manner 
to where they uh, start to uh, make coaching adjustments and, and, and do that type of thing. But otherwise, I, it looked like a really good contest. It looked like the Lakers got away from what got them there, which was teamwork, um, a lot of sharing the ball, and uh, it looked like it changed a lot up for them in the second half. But i got to give Boston a lot of credit. They came and they played with a lot of tenacity, and they were the hungrier team that day. No, no question about it. Now, we got two injuries. One, Paul Pierce, it looks like he will play. I'm not too worried about Paul Pierce, but the injury for Boston that, that really, I think, might throw a, a, a wrench in their game is Kendrick Perkins. Now, he will play, but if he's not as mobile as he usually is, they really dominated the boards in game one, and this could pose a little bit of a problem for them. Oh, without a doubt. His value, uh, obviously, uh, I think that America got to see his value against a, a very tough and experienced uh, Detroit Pistons team. Um, he's really, really a physical guy. Um, I think he's earned the respect of players out there because you'll notice that a lot of times um, when it's time for rebounds or when there's moves to the bucket, you'll notice that guys are kind of understanding that he's got a little bit more weight on a step so that he, he gets a lot of stuff uh, with that. And uh, he's a big guy, he's physical, and he, he plays with that tenacity and that scale on his face that I like. So he's a good player, and uh, it's a shame if they, if they can't use him to their full potential. Well, you know, you, you you hit on it a little earlier, and I, I thought that you, you said that the Lakers reverted a little bit. And when we talk about reverting, I, I would be remiss not to mention Kobe Bryant because watching the game myself, I thought that Kobe went back to the old Kobe for a couple plays there, and I thought that he was pushing a little bit too hard because I didn't see many pick and rolls in the second half. I saw more a lot of dribbling, one-on-one isolation. And to beat a good defensive team like Boston is, we have to give them credit for being a good defensive team, you're going to have to move the ball around and trust your teammates. So if Kobe continues to revert and go to that one-on-one, what do you think that votes for L.A.? Um, it definitely uh, doesn't hold well. Um, they got there from Kobe uh, coming to a point in his career and, and and not only physically but mentally to where you understand how easy a game is. And I'm not saying that you take quarters off and try to get your team involved. There's just times when you just take your foot off the gas because you're, you're still in the car. You can't not drive. But if you're in the car, you got to keep your foot on the gas a little bit and you can defer to your teammates and allow them to, to take uh, – to take some of the big big moments and, and get themselves acclimated, but when it comes down to it, you got to uh, implement the game the game plan that got you there. And ultimately, what it does is it it, it, it helps everyone else out. Lamar Odom is a huge benefactor. Uh, um, when players come off the bench, they're ready to go because they snap in and their rhythm is in such a way. I mean, I'm sure you noticed that. During that contest, there was a right around the four or five minute stretch in the fourth quarter where they took Kobe out and the Lakers started to make a comeback. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a lot of teamwork. It's passing. It's getting the, the easiest bucket. And if you watch the way Boston plays, it looks like they really pass the ball around. And they try to find easy buckets, and that's what it comes down to. Well, you you know another point, Wizzle, that that I want to talk about is. Big shot Fisher, and he knocks down some big shots. But one thing that I looked at is he looked a little too aggressive for me. Like he was looking for his shot a lot more than he usually does. And instead of him doing that and, and more being, like you said, the benefactor of some of these things that Kobe is doing, I'd like to see Lamar Odom be a lot more aggressive. What do you think about that? 
Well, certainly, I think that uh, there was a couple um, situations where there were isolations uh, in the first and second quarter where KG was matched up on Lamar Odom, and it looked a little bit like for the first time, uh, probably this season, that KG was out of out of his element. He's obviously looking across at the guy who's right in his eyes, right, obviously, you know, but we're, we're forehead to forehead, and this guy's left-handed. He's really, really crafty with the ball. And I think that's something that they might have to exploit. But other than that, um, you got to get your, again, that's why Kobe's there. You got to make your guys feel welcome. They got to feel great about themselves. You know, uh, before you, you know, you already know who you are and what you do. You got to go pat your teammates on their back and, and stroke their egos, so to speak. Get them feeling good about their game, and then you guys can turn it on as a team. You know, you mentioned this earlier, and, and game two is going to be all about adjustments. And, and looking at it, you have uh, Phil, and obviously you have Doc Rivers. And, and in, my, in my estimation, I'm thinking that Boston has played as well as they can. I mean, all the big three played fantastic. You had bench players come in. You had good defense. Sam Cassell played well. They dominated the boards. I think L.A. has more of an upside as far as the adjustments from the pick and roll, better rebounding, you know, don't let Paul Pierce beat you. Make him a passer. What, what do you think about the adjustments that the coaches have to make? Well, I definitely uh, agree with you as far as uh, um, with the defense on Paul Pierce. You have to make the better players a passer, and if you notice, that's what they were trying to do to Kobe. It was just that Kobe would fight that and offset that by dribbling the ball more, which makes your teammates stand around. Um, so with that, uh, Paul Pierce is obviously a guy you got to get the ball out of his hands. Um, you gotta, you guys got to play. They have to pay, play a lot better D. And, and that's just my personal opinion. I'm watching Sam Cassell come in, and he's the kind of kind of guy who who plays off of a lot of confidence. And if you allow his head to 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 grow out of the the Boston arena, there's nobody who's going to bring his head back in there. So again, you guys, it starts with capacity. You got to be on the defensive end. You got to bite down. You got to get stops, and you got to realize what you're here for. And um, again, Kobe, if you're listening, man, you got to. It's, it's your time. If you want to do it, you got to do it. And then you see what, obviously, the approach that Kevin Garnett is taking. He's approaching it as if it's his last, and, and that's, that's the only way we do it. That's the only way you got to do it. you got to approach it like this is uh, one of my last opportunities. I don't know how many more I'm going to have, and there's got to be a different attitude. So I'm looking for a huge change in this game, too. <laughs> my wife called you a traitor, Wizzle, because it sounds like you want the Lakers to win. <laughs> But let me say yeah, this. I, well, I predicted that. I mean, I, I have to make a choice. And I, 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 I told her, too. Yeah, I said, over here going, I want them to win, too. I, I predicted L.A. to win, so I'm not going to go against it now, and I'm glad that my wife said that. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mind. I want the Lakers to win, too. I, I got L.A. Know, winning. I'm being the devil's advocate. No, that's but hey, please understand this. I am rooting for very much uh, uh, Vladimir Radmanovich, a player who played in the uh, Seattle's uniform. I'm rooting for Ray Allen. I'm rooting for KG. I'm rooting for Paul Pierce. I'm rooting for Doc Rivers. I'm rooting for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, these guys are all, there's a lot of people who haven't had the opportunity to take advantage of it, and I'm, I'm not a hater. I'd love to see somebody take advantage of their opportunity. P.J. Brown sitting over there on the Celtics bench. I'm sure that he relishes this opportunity. But, I, again, I just feel like the Lakers have really something in place, and if they can take care of business, yeah. the sky's the limit. So they got to go out and do it. My predictions mean nothing without uh, some uh, execution. 
Well, who do you got in game two? I got L.A. winning. I think that the corrections that they'll make on the floor are going to be oh, big, yeah. and I think that Kobe Bryant breaks out. He's played three bad games, two during the regular season and one in the playoffs. So I got L.A. winning game two. What about yourself? I agree with you. Um, I'm going to take it a step further. I'm going to go L.A. game two. They travel back across to the West Coast, and then I'm going to go ahead and, uh, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the Lakers are going to finish it at home. What do you Woo! think? That's big. You heard it right here, everybody. The whistle says the L.A. in five. That is a very bold statement. And while you made that statement, we're going to move right into the Pistons fire flip Saunders. What now, whistle? What now? Well, um, again, it was something that I, I believe that, fi- uh, that Flip knew uh, before he took the job. Um, I think that, and, and even in some of his comments, that, uh, that he thought that the team needed a, a new voice. That's a coach saying that I didn't have control of my team and that this team at some level didn't respect me. I'm not saying as a person, as a human, they'd probably be like, hey, Flip, how's your kid doing and all that stuff, but as a coach, and knowing the situation, uh, earning respect from the personnel that he has, it, it wasn't there, and they have to go a new direction. And, hey, it, it, things have happened to better coaches. I mean, we look at Avery Johnson. Uh, again, he's, he's sitting around, and he's a 70, 72%, 73% winning type coach. So, again, that doesn't do it. I mean, we're in a... We're in a we're in the zone where you got to win and, and and playing and having a great regular season team is that's great. But we want some of the uh, obviously the owners want some of the money that comes after in postseason. So uh, that's more parking and the higher uh, ticket prices, uh, uh, better TV revenue. So you can do the math with that one. We got to be playing, baby. And well, look at this. I hear '80s backcourt. Does Joe D go out there and hire Zeke, or does that boss status between the two of them is that just too much to do? Um, you know, I think that. Uh, but they were talking about um, uh, Curry, as far as a, a player who has played with. You know, a lot of the core guys they have now. He's uh, Curry is. I forget his first name, Doug. I'm sure you know who it is. He played with. It's not Dale. I'll tell you that. I was about to say that. <laughs> Dale Curry, but he's a, again, he's a guy who's been on their bench, and uh, uh, he's been a, a lot of times. Uh, head coaches say that the assistants coach the team. It's just that the head coach is the brain. So I'm sure that he has uh, been talking to these guys about various situations in their personal lives, and and just helping them through. So I'm sure he he probably has garnered a lot of respect in that fashion. So um, yeah, maybe give him a shot, or I mean, what do you do? I don't know. Well, we're going to see, Wizzle. As always, it's a beautiful to talk with you about some basketball. You relax on this Saturday afternoon because we're going to do the same as we take everybody on the blog talk journey. Again, Wizzle, it's always a wonderful time talking sports with you. Relax, same time, same place. Thank you, sir, and I'm going to deep fry some gizzards. always leave me speechless you guys when we have to go into the next segment this one's going to be love and romance and um, we'll jump right into that this week in love and romance we will focus on a few questions sent in by our listeners asking for help and usually we don't answer these publicly we just send back what we think to them directly but we figure these questions are general and they may apply to other people as well so we hope it helps everyone out with our answers that we are going to give right now and, baby, won't you let me begin? And I'm going to begin with, number one, my fiancé has chosen a ring that she wants, but I do not have the means to purchase it. What do I do, Jackie Christie? 
get you another fiance because she ain't gonna stay with you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, you guys. And we're not even gonna go there. We're gonna we're gonna really seriously take this serious because it's important. I would say definitely talk with your fiance first and foremost. Sit down with her, and if you guys have a sense of humor, explain to her that when you guys are much more in a better position once you've been married for a while, then and you have saved up enough, you would get her anything that she possibly could, her heart could desire. But for starting out. The size of a ring does not measure the amount of love you have for her, and she is already a superstar. She's the biggest diamond ever made. There's no way to replace her with a piece of jewelry, so tell her that and just explain that I just can't afford it right now, but I hope you love me enough to still be my bride, and when I can afford it, I'll do whatever I can to get you that ring. I would have to agree with you, baby. I'd have to say that you don't need the biggest ring, but you need the biggest love. And there's a lot of different ways. If she leaves you because of her ring, you know that you guys weren't meant to be. It doesn't matter. Tie a string around her finger. It's a conversation piece, and it doesn't matter because ultimately the love is what it is all about. That's right. That's right. You heard it coming from somebody that definitely preaches and walks the walk. The next one is my best friend likes my guy. What do Uh-oh. I do? You punch her in her face in front of him. No, I'm just playing. You don't do that. I see. I said I wasn't going to joke around. This is wrong. Okay. Okay, you guys. My best friend likes my guy. Okay. If your best friend likes your guy, you got to have a conversation with her. You have to sit her down, and you have to first and foremost not threaten her, not tell her that, you know, it's not right and this and that, but you have to talk to her and find out where those feelings are coming from. Usually it's a feeling of I'm not getting any attention and my friend's getting all the attention and the guy is nice to her, so I like him. It's something like that. And get to the core of what it really is. If it is that she genuinely likes him, you have to explain to her that although, you know, you take that, you know, kind of personal, you understand and that she's your friend and you don't want to lose your friendship over her emotions and you would hope that she would respect the fact that he's yours and you're his and that there's plenty of guys out there for her to go find her own guy and you would be more than willing to help her to look. And I think that's a good way to deal with it and tell her you care about her and you're not trying to be mean, but he's already taken. Well, all I'm going to say, and this is all I'm going to say about this one, is that's not your friend. Okay. Okay. The next one, we will go with, I don't feel pretty or sexy with my mate because he never compliments me or says it. I would have to say that in relationships and not in relationships, just period, it's very hard sometimes for for guys, certain guys, or just guys, period, to continuously tell you that. They may think it and they may feel it, but they may not voice it. We're we, Being a woman and us females, we're a lot more vocal in that way, so we're more prone to say, oh, your hair looks nice, oh, those are nice jeans, oh, honey, I like your your nice loafers, your briefcase is cool, whatever. We're more complimentary in that way. They more or less feel it and they show it by their actions usually. So don't take it personally that he doesn't say the actual words that you're pretty or sexy. Just know that. That comes down to you feeling confident within yourself that I'm going to do my best to look and be all I can be. And to be honest with you, I'm a real comfortable, laid-back kind of girl. When I go out in public, I dress it up, you know, and I always say, I giggle and laugh and I go, I dress up well, you know, I clean up well. But I like being in sweats and tennis shoes and a baseball cap and a comfortable sweatshirt. That's just my style. I don't know. I just, I've always been that way. It's more relaxed for me. And then, you know, dressing up is a big deal and I like it and it's fun, but it's not something that I, um, you know, I have to do. So I know inside of myself I'm confident with who Jackie is. So I would, I would want you out there to know that whoever you are, no matter what your style of dress, no matter um, what you look like, you're a beautiful person, a beautiful human being, and if he's not telling you, don't let that be a strike against him. Just, you know, know it within yourself. And maybe you suggest to him one time or you ask him the question, do you find me pretty? Do you find me sexy? And then that will put it on his mind that maybe he should tell you more. 
I couldn't have said that better, baby, so I'm going to move right into number four, and that is I'm experiencing fear because I opened my heart up and I've been hurt, and now the same person wants me to open my heart up again. What do I do? And I will have to say to get love, you must give it. Unfortunately, if you've been hurt, you got to understand that opening yourself up is going to make you stronger because we will be taking some hits from time to time, but understand that if you truly, really love this person, regardless if you've been hurt or not, it's going to be something that you have to work through together. But if you love them, you have to open up so that both of you guys can come together the way that ultimately it's going to need to be to last the test of time. Oh, most definitely, honey, I would have to say. And then finally, the last one is I have been told by my married lady friend that she loves me and wants a relationship with me. And she would even be willing to get a divorce if I said that I would like, I want her and want a relationship. What do I do? Ooh. And I would definitely say, first and foremost, if you love God and you know God, that's not even a question you need to ask. She is in a marriage, something that is ordained by God, and that is just a, a total disrespect. Secondly, you might want to talk to this lady, and if she would be willing to do that to the, the husband she's with currently, what would she be willing to do when she got with you? So these are these are questions you have to ask yourself first and foremost. And then thirdly, there is so many ladies out there that deserves a good man and a good relationship and you could find someone else and the same for her. If she wants to get a divorce and that's something she's agreed to do and she's talked with her husband about it, she should do that first before proclaiming love to someone else and take it a little more serious. Marriage is not something that you play with. Marriage is something you respect and you hold high regards to. It's a partnership, a partnership that nothing else compares to, not a business relationship. I don't care if it's a business and you're both worth $500 million, so you're, in, you know, in turn, both partners are worth a billion dollars. That doesn't compare to what marriage is and the fact that it's a, it's a bond between two people that have agreed to do something and do it right. So I would definitely say have a talk with her and tell her what she's saying to you is wrong and it's not something that you're willing to engage in at this time and that she should really consider her, you know, her marriage first and really not be selfish in, in that. So maybe there's something she's missing in her marriage and she feels like it's on the outside that she can get that feeling. You should probably suggest to her to talk with her mate and they work it out together, not you as an outside person. Uh, I would have to agree with that 100%, baby, and say that you've you got to watch the people. If they're doing something to somebody else, chances are usually good that they may do it to you. So That's just right. be careful in a situation like that. That's right. And then, honey, we got something fun to talk about now. We're going to leave that segment right now with those thoughts, and we hope that they're festering in your mind and you're able to think about it. And if it applies to you in your life, definitely replay the show over and over again and, and listen to what we suggest. We're not saying we're experts. We're not saying we're perfect. We don't own a Ph.D. in it, but we have experience, and that's the way we would do it. And then we move right into fashion and beauty, honey, and what you got for me? Well, I would have to say a little fashion. I'm going to go with a pocket watch this week. Add it to your repertoire, gentlemen. A little chain. You're going to have a little chain hanging down, a little stylishness. But a pocket watch might allow you to wear a bracelet or something on your wrist if you like to. So check a pocket watch out. Also, uh, I got a question. Can girls oh, wear pocket watches? Uh, girls can definitely wear okay. pocket watches. Now, that is something that would be very stylish. I haven't seen okay. that one. but uh, and I'm going to do it. Everybody heard it first. There it is. Why, now, watch out. We're going to be on a red carpet near you someday, and my wife's going to be rocking a pocket watch. So you know that you heard it here <laughs> first on Blog Talk. Next, I got for men, 
Now, men, understand, you got to know your thing when you do this one. But pearl necklaces, yes, that's right, guys. You can rock them, too. Guys can wear pearls. Myself, I'm going with a black Tahitian pearl, personally, a little bit tighter, not hanging way down. But uh, check it out. Uh, pearls, I think 2008 is the time to step out with it. And I have to attest to that. When my husband wears those pearls, actually, I don't want him to wear them when I'm not around because they look so gorgeous on him. When he first said he wanted a pearl necklace, I thought, pearls, honey, you sure? But I don't question him because I know he has high fashion sense. So he got them, put them around his neck, and they are absolutely fabulous. And a lot of guys, believe it or not, have started doing that. And I always tell him he started the trend. He's worn them on red carpets. He's worn them to events. Sometimes he'll just have them on with a T-shirt and jeans. And it's just, it's just fabulous. So I would say I agree with him. Next, we'll move right into satin pillowcases for ladies. Ladies, they are a must. If you want shiny, healthy hair, then you have to get one and you have to get it fast. I cannot stand sleeping on regular uh, cotton pillowcases and all that. I don't care if it's Egyptian cotton, 100%. I have to have my satin pillowcases. It makes your hair detangled. It makes it healthy. It makes it shiny. It grows a lot longer and everything. It's just it's fabulous. Satin pillowcases is a must. Next I have in my fashion and beauty tip, I have belts. And they come in all shapes and sizes, people, but a belt rounds off any outfit. It rounds it off, period. It puts the finishing touches. So just make sure when you're choosing your belts, because I'm going to be honest, I have a drawer full of belts that I would call uh-uh belts, belts that I would not be caught in public in. But I've collected them over the years, and I, I should all I have to do when I want to realize how uh-uh they are is I go look in the drawers over across on the other side of the closet, which happens to be my husband's belt, <laughs> and I realize that I have made a very bad boo-boo, you guys, a big one, that I need to find some second-hand store that, you know, because the belts are brand new pretty much and in great shape, somebody to buy these belts so I can go get me some righteous belts and I need to take my husband with me because his belts are fabulous and I wear them all the time, even though our waist shape is different. You know, he's an athlete, he's in great shape and all that, but I still can borrow his belts and I always love them and I always, you know, tell myself when I take them off and round them back up and put them in his drawer, I got to give me a belt like that. And then I find myself back in the stores buying all these weird little belts with hearts and flowers and all that all on them. And they're <laughs> cool for the moment because they're trendy, but then they don't suit me when I want to put on a black pants outfit or something, for example. So belts are important. Make sure when you buy them, you don't spend, you know, all of your money in your savings account, but you do make sure you pick a good belt that's going to go with a lot of things and it's not going to end up being a nuisance and sit in the drawer. And then lastly... What do we got, baby, in fashion and beauty? Anything? Oh, yes, no question. I'm going to talk a little bit about the body and the mind. For the body, I just want the people out there to work <laughs> out just a little something each day. I'm yeah. telling you. Now, most people, when you think about working out, you think about getting tired. But I'm going to tell you this. If you will work out a little bit at a, a time a day, it builds your endurance, and thus it's going to give you even more energy. I know it sounds crazy. A little bit of working out will give you more energy during the day. Trust me on that. And for your mind, get a journal and start to write down the day's goings on. I'm telling you, you will be surprised at what happens on that page before your eyes, and who knows, you might even write a little bit of poetry down. So check it out. Get a journal and work out a little bit. doesn't have to be a lot. Just do a little something. That's right, and I would have to reiterate, we did a show back a while ago about health, and we talked about working out, and I have to I have to say that I have not, since we talked about it, had the time, or should I say, I shouldn't say had the time, made the time to get on a permanent workout schedule, but I'm going to do it. I want all you guys to hold me to it, and I would say 
September 1st, I'm going to do a weigh-in and take pictures, and I'm going to post them to this page and let everyone see. What? (laughs) I'm going to take some before pictures that I'm going to have my husband take of me before I start, which will be hopefully next week. And you know how we always say next week, you guys, in 30 days, and next month I'm going to start. Well, I'm going to start next week for sure. And then I'm going to do it. And on September 1st, I'll post the pictures and let you guys see because I'm living with someone that is a, a walking, talking example of what being healthy, staying healthy, doing the right things as far as eating right and working out, those things, and drinking your water and that sort of thing and drinking your vinegar. And we're going to do a whole show on what vinegar will do coming up next week. So make sure you tune in. We're going to do a whole segment on what vinegar is and does for your body. So just be looking out for that. It's a great um a great food. It's a miracle food. And we'll tell you where you can pick up a book um, and everything. But you got to tune in to catch all that, okay? So we've had a wonderful show. I want to let you guys hear a couple of songs by some of our artists right now. Um, I see the phone lines is heating up. And um, feel free to jump in at any time. Some of you I got on mute because I can't put everybody in at the same time. But here's a song um, that has the boys in it because I promised you guys I'd let you hear what um, Small Change has done with Shani.
say about me? Young dealer from the A with a lovely lady. Then if I put nine in them nights, long brown hair, I ain't got a rock ice. I'm so glad that the ladies love me. They wanna give me hoods like a talent stuffy. Never chubby, but my pocket's fat. Turn around the world, can you imagine that? Jumping in, but I'm never number two. It's your boy Young Cam from the small chain crew. Shout out to them cool, but nothing about you. So what does that mean? You number two. Now watch me close to you as I do my dance. Me and my brother standing in that B-boy stand. And I move so smooth, got you in a trance. Hey everybody, and that was a little episode from Do Your Dance, and that's by Shani featuring Small Change. So we wanted to share a little bit about what they do. I'm going to give you a little bit about what one of our other artists does. His name is Bobby, and this is Chantel and Bobby doing a duet titled Young Love. Yeah, I'll touch it. Yeah, I'll touch it. Yeah, I'll touch it. Yeah. All right. 
I'ma tell you a story like Uncle Ricky told me. Okay. Here we go. Once upon a time, not so long ago, when people wore pajamas and they lived like so. The apple ain't far, far from the tree, so a star was born in 93. They gave a few lines, she began to rap. She spit a freestyle, the homies gave her death. They say he like his value, swag is nice. But girls stay humble, that's some good advice. And in 07, she began to sing. She got a little fame, now she living a dream. Cameron said he fashion like a movie scene. Now she's standing on the stage while the fans all scream. Still, does she know life won't be the same? Sometimes she wanna disappear like David Blaine. Now everybody out there know her name. And it's right here with the price of fame. Participates in a couple situations Long nights got her on the run Just studio time, no time to have fun No school bell ringing, but her wrist stay blingin' She got a hit song and all the girls singing. Now she's thinking, how do I deal? So she picked yeah. up the cell phone and guess who she hear? Uh, oh, Rick, what a flow so quick And he's telling that girl, girl, you better not quit I know you tired, you got no control And I know some nights you wanna go home But this right here gonna make you better If you weather through the storm, you can do whatever so if you need any more advice, all you gotta do is look up in the sky. Cause 